As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Week 14 Recap. It's over. It's all done. The regular season. Hopefully your teams are not completely done. As I've said, if you play in one or two leagues, this is a very stressful, critical time. Maybe it's coming down to Monday Night Football. If you're kind of like us and you play in like 8 to 15 leagues, this is consolidation. All It's all that is. This is house cleaning. We're going to clean out some of the leagues that we don't need to check anymore or, you know, as a good patron, continue to set the lineups. We can just focus on what's important. And that leads me to a very important question. Jake, are you happy with what your playoff run is going to look like? Mr. Jake Seeley on Twitter at all in kid, because it's time. And what are we looking like? Well, there's a couple leagues that I already kind of started making plans because they're keepers and stuff like that for next year. Just a lot of bad luck to start the year, but uh, no, the Flex Leagues is coming down to points for tonight. So I need to hold on to yeah a slim, very, 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 very slim lead on points because it's super flex. And I had John Walford as one of my quarterbacks. So that was a big fat zero. <laughs> Whoops. And that's, yep, that's pretty tough to overcome as a big fat zero in a super flex league. I can tell you that much. You know what's so, funny you say that? I have a super flex league that I had no quarterback this week. I literally had to put just a body in there. I scored uh, two zeros from the quarterback in another position, and I'm going to beat the person that I'm facing who also scored two zeros with Tom Brady as their quarterback. What a weird feeling when it's super flex time and we're just putting up donuts and we're still going to pull up dubs. Nice. Jake, how how many teams make the playoffs in the the flex? Six. Like, yeah, because 12-team league. So, uh, yeah, you're you're not in it. Are you sure? (laughs) I'm... I'm gonna. I have a good chance to win, and I was the seventh seed going in. And I'm. Uh, yeah, but you don't have the points. You would need the points. You don't have the points. That's the problem. Oh, it's six sure? spot is points. Yeah, look at the sure. heartbreak that's I, happening I live on the podcast. Just heartbreak. Is <laughs> I've already just checked to see. I checked to see if you're in the conversation for this. I already checked, like because oh, the point. <laughs> it's it's a brutal run. All right, so flex is going. So you got, what? What oh, is it that so, you need? So anyway, by the way, what is yeah, it that you need? So f- yeah, Funston, you're you were over sixty points behind me, so you would have to beat me by sixty. You'd have yeah, to but you have to like get a, you have to get a straight up two points. I mean, because you were twelve and fourteen, you need to you need to get. No, I just need points. 
I just need points. Six spot oh. is points, period. So who needs them? This is, this is like check and throw. You got it now. Do you understand <laughs> the words that are coming out of my mouth? Who do you need the points from on Monday Night Football? I don't. I'm done because I got oh. the zero from Walford. I need everybody else to not score more so points. I had I had at least a 30-point cushion on everybody else. Barron's came super close. He actually, I'm looking right now, he almost usurped my position, missed it by five points last night when it had Keenan Allen and others going in that game. So oh, anyway. Almost touchdown too. Yeah, CBS Draftathon doing well. Going to make the playoffs in that. Got to beat our friend Joe Pizapia with Jerry Judy's huge day, even with a zero from Higgins. It looks Later like Boggs now. and I are going to pull out the win against Dave Richard because we're down by one point with still Devontae Parker and Duggar going tonight. So I think we're good. Yeah. Like most, <laughs> most of the late, like I say 80% of my leagues and like playoffs, it's just most of the ones that were out where I was just. I already chalked them up. I was like way out on yeah. them. Like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty critical week for me. Um, Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Funston. Same thing for you. Are we looking good on playoffs? Well, yeah, I guess I no hope now in flex. Um, brings, it down, <laughs> brings it down a notch. But I was going to say that it, like of my top five leagues, I wasn't, I'm out in my number one league, but was going to make it the next four. But uh, I guess not in flex. So in the next three. And, you. you know, I'll tell you one thing. I was going against. Tyreek Hill last night and I've never been more happier that a fumble recovery touchdown gets no yardage implications whatsoever because <laughs> <laughs> that would have taken me down I ended up beating I ended up hanging on and, and winning by a couple points to clinch my playoff berth but god if, if there was yardage involved in that Tyreek Hill touchdown I would have been dead let me ask you guys something hey, you do um, have hey I will say you have James Conner left if he has an absurd 49 point game you can still make it a flex so you still have a chance. <laughs> Let's not say never. Let me ask you guys something real quick, and then we're going to get into recapping uh, some of what happened. I asked this question to Bogman, and I'm curious to your take. So week 14 was um, uh, bipocalypse. Was was bipocalypse. I know what you're laughing at. Uh, we can hear it in the background. It's it's uh it's Barkley did not Welsh. run enough to deserve that much water. <laughs> no, it's it's well it's Welsh, Sealy, Funston, and Barkley back. And we had some good sound effects in the background, just absolutely destroying uh, some water there. So my question is this: I, I asked this to Bogman. Week 14, I just told you in a in a superflex, I obviously had a major injury to a quarterback I wasn't expecting. It's a deep league. It's a 16 team superflex, but I also had my quarterback on by, which killed the injury as well, and. I don't recall a time, and you guys could obviously correct me, where we've ever had six teams not play in a uh, play into the playoffs, the final regular season week. So would you rather, would you rather have a no bye week right before the playoffs in the most critical time and play through to week 18 or continue ending in week 17 to have a six teams on a bye week right before the playoffs. Not even a and, question. Okay, so let's hear it, Jake. <laughs> it's it's the bye weeks. No, not even it's not even a question because at least the bye weeks you know are coming the entire year long and you can plan for them. You still have as of today, we can make assumptions that still have no guarantee of knowing who might rest in week 18 because it's again, it's not just playoff teams. Like sure, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Miles Sanders, they could all rest in week 18. You have teams with players that are playing through injuries. Saquon Barkley, granted, it might have been better just to have him bench and he could have made other choices, but 
you know, the Giants could get out of it and then week 18 rolls around and be like, well, we're not going to risk Saquon Barkley going into the offseason. That happens with non-playoff teams. They don't risk veterans. So again, you know, it's like everybody has to deal with it similarly, but it's it's not the same thing. Like the bye weeks, you know, are coming. You can plan. Everybody can plan. The week 18 is just a selective small group of people who get hit by it. And it's there's not a lot of rhyme or reason. And then the biggest thing is, too, is like it might even say, hey, blank is going to play and he gets the series and then he's done for the game just because yeah. they're pulling and evaluating. I guess I, I was like I'm a, I was always a staunch uh, week 17 guy. And, and you're right. There is planning. I don't think even myself in like preseason, I was really thinking of how critical the amount of teams that we're going to be on by in week 14 really is. And obviously I think moving forward, we can think about that. Brandon, I know you were kind of on the other side simply because you had a league that played through week 18. So I'm 17. just curious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. Those are 17. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? No, I make the schedule, you know, and we play, you know, everybody in your division twice and everybody else once. And that's a week. That's a 17 week, 12 team setup. And I, I'm not going to change that. It's just, um, I just don't understand why you can't have, four teams every week from week five to week 12. I, I don't get it. I don't know why they have to yeah, I do agree. all these weird, like two this week, six this week, and we're going to go all the way to week 14. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I really I wish it would just go away. Like that, that, I mean, not that the NFL would need to accommodate to fantasy football or anything like that, but week 14, having this amount of teams is really brutal. And yes, you can plan for it, but having like a catastrophe of injuries on top of having to really draft in preparation of not getting hit that week before, it's just, it's, it's a whole new rough thing that I think we need to put a little bit more consideration into draft prep. Uh, this year, and, and this is coming from like I got hit in one specific league, and I'm going to pull it out in that Superflex league. But it's still, it's a weird situation that even the staunchest of not playing till the end person like me was giving kind of thought of. I wonder what is more important, and I kind of don't like. I don't like all of these teams not playing in the final regular season uh, game going into the playoffs because I had a lot of fringe uh, teams that were I needed to win to get in, and having those guys out was pretty critical. Um, let's talk about week 14 and a recap. We've got some big player performances. Jake, you put out this great tweet of the amount of injuries and you called it injury apocalypse. I throw out <laughs> Armageddon. I will throw out to you. Uh, here were the players that, that uh, suffered injuries in week 14 going into the playoffs. This is the list of players at quarterback Tyler Huntley concussion. Um, Kenny Pickett, I was about to say Cody Pickett, by the way, Washington 49ers, Brandon, you could probably appreciate Cody Pickett back in the day. Um, I was about to say him. He had a concussion. Russ had a concussion and a golf ball inserted into his head uh, as he was sitting on the uh, sidelines. And Mike White had a rib injury, which he, that dude got gored. If you're familiar with Goldberg, like, I don't know if you saw that hit. It was like Goldberg. No, Goldberg was Spear. Day. Gore was Spear. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was Gore, Tav, Gore was right? the other one. Um, wasn't Taz? No, it wasn't Taz. It was the other one that I can't think of his name. Like, I'll think of it at some point. Yeah, well, he was speared, absolutely <laughs> speared, and he suffered a rib injury. At running back, Damian Pierce with an ankle injury. Hilliard had a neck thing. Mike Boone, uh, probably going to be out for the season, a high ankle thing. Jeffrey Wilson suffered a hip injury. At wide receiver, DJ Moore with an ankle injury. T. Higgins, a hamstring injury. Tyler Boyd, a dislocated Rhino. finger. Uh, Rhino. There you Rhino. Go. Yeah, good call. Uh, Davis, uh, Corey Davis had a, uh, a head injury. Debo, who we're going to talk about in a second, Tyreek with an ankle, and Cody uh, Bell, Cody Bellinger, Daniel Bellinger. See, my, my now my brain is completely screwed with rib injury. A freaking <laughs> lot of injuries coming off of the final regular season week. Though I would say a vast majority of them 
maybe lack crazy impact outside of the wide receivers. There's a bunch of ones. Is there any that is lingering with you? We're going to talk about the Niners situation in a second, so you can take it out. Brandon, when you look at these injuries, I think maybe the biggest ones I look at are Russ, if people are going in, and then that Bengals wide receiver situation is a little bit concerning that both of the big guys got knocked in that game, and Tyler Boyd looks like he's going to miss a little bit of time. Yeah, and selfishly, I you know I have a team that's going to be dependent on Damian Pierce being healthy as well. Although that you know he's coming through a couple, a little bit of a rough stretch, anyways. But you mentioned like the quarterbacks, unless you're you know playing deep super flex, like that's not a huge impact. It's really about the receivers and T Higgins and, and um, Tyree Kill and, and some of those. But Damian Pierce, I don't know. He he went out, he got it retaped, he came back in, then he went back out again. So. Sounds like he's probably going to be, you know, have a decent chance of playing this next week against Kansas City. You know, one I don't have on here as a note, uh, Jake, is Jeffrey Wilson Jr. suffered a hip injury. I was like big about him breaking out this week. Didn't happen. I mean, he's four for 26 and got knocked out. But if he were to miss the game, that's going to put Raheem Mostert in the, the main slot. But... I still don't think there's a good matchup this week. If if Jeff Wilson misses some time, if Raheem is the only guy, I don't <laughs> Yeah, at Buffalo, I think it's very similar to the matchup that you just saw and it didn't work out. I don't even feel good with only Raheem Mostert if Jeff Wilson misses time. And if Jeff Wilson comes back, I also don't feel good about it. Do you feel any different about if Mostert is going to take over for as the main back if Wilson's out? I will say yes, actually, even in Buffalo, because they're saying snow as of today, run game in the snow, and in Buffalo, run defense is supremely scary, but it's a backfield you know the use. That's the thing, is we want to know the use. Jeff Wilson was looking fine. Not a great game, but he was looking fine back into the lead, which you talked about, and I agreed with you. We talked about it on Wednesday that it could be yeah. there. I don't remember if Funston was on the same page, or we just didn't even ask him. But <laughs> I think that if we're looking at Moster only against Buffalo, he's used in the passing game, too, which there's the appeal. And here's my question back to you guys. I'll ask something similar that I said to Meany and all in football. Would you not take Moster over trying to figure out the Lions, over trying to figure out the Panthers, over trying to figure out half these backfields that just threw a big grenade in our faces of saying we thought what we knew and then out the window? So if you give me a, one only option in a bad matchup, I'll take the one only option versus Detroit's going to be in New York, well, New Jersey, facing the Jets, and Jared Goff outdoors and what that offense could be. I would play Raheem Mostert over DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and obviously Justin Jackson, who ended up being the best running back. Yeah, we're going to talk about DeAndre Swift here in just a little bit. I, I get what you're saying. Here's my only problem, and Brandon, I'd be curious what your take on this, is even if you take Wilson, Mostert, and uh, Ahmed together, that was 16 total carries. And I this was against a bad Chargers defense. You're now going to go up against a better defense. Yes, the weather is going to probably push for um, more running, except I do think this team would probably attempt to just have a lot more short passes. They were just ineffective, even when Mostert became the main guy. So if he's the main guy, like if I look at the, yes, it's convoluted with Carolina, Foreman versus Mostert, I don't know. I think I'd still rather have Foreman. I just don't like the solo back situation with Mostert right now with how ineffective the Dolphins offense is. And I just don't see them getting it right on the running game. Do you disagree, Brandon? I mean, I think if you're going specifically Foreman versus Mostert, I think I'm with you against Pittsburgh at home. Uh, you know, but one thing I'd say is like Buffalo's like their pass defense is probably the scarier thing right now. They've been a little bit shaky against the run. We've seen like, you know, Bam Knight had a good game against them, 
you know, and, and Ramondre Stevenson the week before went 10 for 54 and they've been a little bit below average. If you look over like the last month against running back. So it's not, and you know, with snow and I, I would, I would push back a little bit on just taking a one game thing, you know, Dallas barely pulls out a, a win against Houston. Is that who they are or are they the team to put up 50 the week before and put up like 40, a couple weeks before that? Like, so, you know, any given Sunday, I, I would, I would say for what we just saw on Sunday night. Um, are you saying that to Mostert, like pulling off one, but I mean, cause he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good at like, all. like the well, Dolphins. He was, have been he was good. Then they brought in Jeff Wilson and then it, things got a little bit topsy-turvy because they're going back and forth but if he's just the main guy and we know that like i i wouldn't expect Ahmed to come in if wilson's out and and just be the jeff wilson figure in that group i would i would think it's going to be predominantly mostert so i would say that he's playable for sure like in a borderline rb2 premium rb3 kind of capacity I think it's like the general space. It's just, we are in this now where everybody's back, you know, we got our guys back and we're not dealing with like, you know, bi-week players being out and stuff like that. So I do think it's going to move him down. I have a feeling that he's going to get a lot of run and a lot of talk this week. And that solo back versus some other situations is going to be fascinating. And you kind of, and Jake already kind of answered one. That's really interesting. We'll talk about with Swift here in a little bit. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But let's talk about my 49ers. How about that? How about Brock Purdy? 16 of 21, 185 yards, two touchdowns. Cannot throw over 25 yards. Uh, that's a big thing. He is inaccurate. He, I mean, he almost underthrew Brandon Ayuk, who was probably 20 yards open. Uh, almost He underthrows almost everybody, but he's got an insane, insane accuracy inside the top 25. Maybe that would rival Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I was really, really impressed with him. But... Like the injuries, here's another one of those guys getting an MRI and an injured oblique, and he's going to be playing this Thursday, if he's going to play this Thursday, against Seattle. So we've got our, we got to figure out our bet for the next episode. Also in that game, Debo got hurt. So this is where we can talk about this. Kyle Shanahan, it was gruesome. I text Bogman the minute it happened. I'm like, he's out for the season. I did that thing because he got wrapped up, rolled backwards, fumbled, and carted off, and he was like crying. Like, it was brutal. But early indications is it's not like some horrible, horrible tear, but it does look like, as Kyle Shanahan told reporters, that this could be a high ankle sprain, which carries typically a four to six week time span, which would be your season. Done. So, Jake, yeah, Debo, Debo's out. There's not much to talk about with Debo out outside of how do you feel about Brandon Ayuk now being the number one guy and seeing Brock Purdy out there? Are you willing to bump uh, Ayuk up even more with him out? Or do you think this offense kind of continues in its um, almost Kansas City Chiefs in this where it moves the ball around outside of Christian McCaffrey? 
Well, don't count those chickens because Brock Purdy's getting checked out too for his own MRI on the yeah. oblique. Yeah, so like that's kind of maybe. I, I wasn't in on Brandon Ayuk. I kind of pointed this out to somebody on when I posted the waiver column and talked about that I think Ayuk's more of a wide receiver four touchdown dependent. And that's exactly what it was because even without that touchdown, even if I still had the yards, it wasn't that great of a day. But the biggest thing is it was, you know, no Debo now is going to be a factor. So Ayuk will be in play as a wide receiver three. You mentioned all the concerns with Purdy. I expected a little bit better of a game Kittle because of that. But the check downs McCaffrey had everything. McCaffrey had a huge day. And I think that's what you're looking at. You know, against Seattle? Yeah, sure. Seattle's been surprisingly decent against the second wide receiver for teams most of this season. So I wouldn't have liked Ayuk if Debo was healthy. But now, you know, no, I'm not going to be interested in Juwan Jennings or anybody like that. But Ayuk will be a play. If Purdy's okay, which is crazy to think that we're like, hey, hopefully Purdy's okay. Yeah. Hopefully Tyler Huntley's okay. Like, hopefully oh these my guys God. are like, <laughs> like, that's how bad things are about to be. Talk about it. if you go back to a if single quarterback. If you're in a super flex, you're going to the playoffs hoping that backup quarterbacks at the beginning of the season are healthy. Well, legit, would you rather, um, Brandon, start Brock Purdy against Seattle or Tom Brady this week? I'm trying, I'm completely blanking on who they're facing. Mm, Cincy at home. Based at home Look, Cincinnati. Yeah, there you go, Cincinnati. I, I'm going to lean Tom Brady because I just think, look at like Seattle's pass defense is good. They have a really good secondary. They they haven't given up more than 74 yards in like half of a season to a wide receiver. We have a bet. Um, as to who's going to do better, I think where Purdy yes. could do better is just Christian McCaffrey in the flag scores touchdowns. You know, like in George. And Kittle. Purdy will run too. Uh, well, he maybe the oblique injury could slow him down a little bit. Uh, but sure, that's look, possible. I don't. I don't think San Francisco needs more than Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle to win this game. I, yeah. I, I don't. The way that well, something to po- right now. and something to point out to add to it. Seattle giving up the second most fantasy points in. Well, that's standard. Let me look in uh, half PPR. Uh, I think it's gonna be the same. Yeah, the second most fantasy points are giving up two tight ends, giving up over sixty yards on only four catches right now, and. Purdy, if you watch the game, Purdy went to Kittle like four times in the first half. The second half, they went away with it because the game was gone. It was was 28 to nothing at the half. And he was targeting George Kittle very early on, and they just didn't need to do anything anymore. That's why he didn't have more than 21 pass attempts or whatever it is. So you actually saw it happen in this game where Kittle was getting more run and Debo was getting the run. But now you're going to take those those, uh, carries and catches away from Debo that this is a really good matchup for Kittle kind of in general to take a look at. But Obviously, I, I will say something like I just look at Seattle like Alvin Kamara, six catches for 91 yards. Austin Eckler, 12 catches for 96 yards. Josh, yeah, but those are all catches. Six catches for 74 yards. No, I'm saying Christian McCaffrey is legitimately going to like he's going to win people their first round playoff matchups by himself. He's, oh, yeah. That, and that's part of the reason. So for your point about this, the Bengals are actually a top five pass defense. This year, that's like I'm just I'm Brady's toast, man. Brady should have retired, should have like kept the marriage alive and burnt just retired. Toast. Burnt. Well, toast. what so I'm are you going to take like, Purdy over Brady, Jake? If, let's, yes. If Brock, Brock Purdy like doesn't practice, but maybe gets some in a limited session on Friday. Sure. Yeah. And then, he, like, then he like you don't want to have your quarterback go out in the week one of your of your fantasy playoffs. I mean, that's that's a risk. No, trust me, but I you, know. John Wolford last one series, so trust yeah. me, I know. <laughs> So we'll, we'll set an official bet. We'll set an official bet 
on the next show because we'll have betting. all the info. I am not betting on, on this at all. Come on. We need to get some bets out here. We I need bet to get you some the bets. 49ers win. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. There you go. Um, all right. Let's move on to the next one. The, I, I talked about this in that last episode where I you know, was poking at the whole weird article written about Michael Carter and Bam Knight and everything like that. What will we actually see? I was a little bit concerned about Bam Knight. I actually got a huge benefit. I In a league, I had Homer and Bam Knight. I had Homer in until the Tony Jones news came out. And I was like, all right, you need to go back to Bam. We'll just do it. And obviously, that worked out wonders. It actually didn't um, matter anyway. It, it didn't. Yeah, it did, the Homer stuff <laughs> didn't actually matter, but it pushed me to get Bam back in. And the positive was that the team really made a commitment as far as what they did with Bam Knight. Interestingly enough, Michael Carter led in snaps, 51% of the snaps, but he only had five total carries, where Zonovan Knight, 47% of the snaps, but tripled the carries on Michael Carter. 17 of them went 77 for a touchdown. Bam looks like the guy, Jake, and... How confident are you going to be going into the first round of the playoffs, putting Bam out there after seeing what he did and he did against Buffalo? So remember my comp for Sonovan Knight? Do you remember who it was? Tevin Coleman. No. Who did oh, Tevin yeah. Coleman play yeah, for? Yeah. Who did yeah. Robert, Robert Sala coach with? Yeah. Like in, connecting he a lot of dots Atlanta. here. I mean, he played for Atlanta. He played for San Francisco. He played for the played for Shan No, no, played for Shanahan. Played for Shanahan. Where's Rob Asala come from? Shanahan. What is Tevin Coleman? Is Donovan? Like, I'm drawing all those dots, a lot of dots there to say, even though the Lions defense has been playing much better, don't look now a game and a half back of the playoffs, is I'm still taking Zonovan Knight as the Tevin Coleman piece. And what we talked about last week is I sat here, we talked about on the rank show. I say, I think Michael Carter is now in the 30 40 split of the bigger side. You actually thought, I'm pretty sure you're like you said, oh, really? And you thought I was saying it the other way. And I was actually saying for Zonovan Knight. So I think yeah. Zonovan Knight is full in conversation as a top 20 running back. It could go sideways any given week. Like we're talking about an undrafted rookie. We're talking about Michael Carter. We're talking about Salah, who could screw anything up with Ty Johnson any given week. But it's one of those ones where you can't keep ignoring it and you can't ignore the production. And part of it might just be he's so healthy at this point of the season because he has nowhere heading into a few weeks ago. But until further notice, Donovan Knight's a top 20 running back. Or you could even argue potentially top 15. Yeah, he looks spry. Uh, Brandon, he is the eighth scoring running back over the last two weeks, week 13 and 14 and half PPR. He is number eight in scoring. Do you agree? Top 20 running back, which essentially makes him a must start uh, for all intents and purposes for the playoffs. Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. Give me a running back that has a better next three weeks run than that. And if you play week 18, you get at Miami, which is a good run defense, but don't play week 18. So <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I, I think so. And honestly, with that much, you know, with that many snaps, Michael Carter, I wouldn't just completely discard him because that's a, that's a good schedule for him too. Right. And it makes him flexible for sure. And he's, you know, he's got, he's got good, you know, uh, receptions upside, uh, he might be like the guy that we're talking about in in, in DeAndre Swift, where you you might only get ten touches, but it might be usable. Interestingly enough, and DeAndre you have a Swift. One, by the way, uh, <laughs> well, look, look. you said find you said find a better one. I went immediately to my playoff rankings because again, Detroit's been better. Detroit is middle of the pack now. They're not as bad as everybody thinks. The Saints they get the Falcons, Cleveland, and Philly to finish things out, and Philly's actually been bottom twelve. The recently that's that's your better schedule so hopefully camara hopefully we get that five touchdown game for camara to save planet fantasy lives again 
uh, bringing in the DeAndre Swift stuff, Swift this weekend reverted backwards, and this is a problem. He went six for 21 on the ground, three for 18. He had a over 50% snap share the previous week. He fell to 33%, which was under Jamal Williams, who had 38. And the biggest problem, Justin Jackson went over 30. So they're just they're splitting all these dudes all three ways, which is a problem. So you've uh, Jake already alluded to, let's start with Brandon, though. You already alluded to your worries about um, DeAndre Swift. What if I ask you, Brandon, Bam Knight, or DeAndre Swift in week 15. Oh, I'm going to go with Bam Knight. But mm-hmm. that's but here's the deal. Like DeAndre Swift has only had two games in which he's had 10 or more touches. It was week 1 and it was it was the week before this last week here, so week 13. Hey, do you know what that came with? Do you know what that came with? What? Uh, what do you what's the only No, no, here's it's the only two times this year he wasn't on the injury report. Okay. But here's what I'm saying. He catches three balls every week. He scores. He's had he's had a touchdown in six of ten games, so he's a better than 50-50 bet for a touchdown. In full PPR, he is better than Najee Harris on the season with only with with like nine games or eight games of single-digit touches. So you still have to play him. Like he's still flexible because of because in a full PPR. If you're standard, forget Don't about it. Tell me it. what I have to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> but right now, I don't think there's a comparison with Zonovan Knight, who you could go in realistically expecting 15 plus carries. I think that's kind yeah. of the problem that we're facing, though, is, you know, we, we always talk about your, you know, your studs, you got your studs, but over the last four or five weeks, six, whatever, you know, over time, people have been able to add these backs that are starting to push, and you might have actual questions going in. Another one of those, Jake. Raheem Mostert or DeAndre Swift? You like Mostert in the single backs? Oh, you already said it. You already said here's, it earlier. Here's I a good one because I think it's uh, similar. Unless... What about Antonio Gibson or DeAndre Swift? Because they're kind of similar in that they're getting you know backup. Gibbs here. As I was gonna say, Gibson, Mostert, all of them. Unless DeAndre Swift is not on the injury report at all, then you okay. get me. That's I, mm. that's the only two weeks. You just function, just mess it like. It's I don't know if Campbell doesn't want to let him do anything more when he's on the injury report at all, or this is just a thing of we're just going to have to suck it up. And this is his career. This is DeAndre Swift banged up all the time. And that's just what happens. But whatever is if he is full practice on Thursday and Friday, just, I guess, put DeAndre Swift in. I would I would feel better about to go back to your concern about Mostert. I would feel better about him. And I think I'd have a tough conversation in my own mind of, do I want DeAndre Swift or Mostert? That, that's mm. no Swift on the injury report. The easy answer is just bench Swift if he's on the injury report. Just just yeah. don't even play him. Who would have thought, like, in you know like week 14 and 15, you're just like, should I start DeAndre Swift? Should I start Saquon Barkley? Like, you're really, like, putting those questions out there about what you should do with uh, these players. And you're like, all right, I go- I'm okay. I got Bam Knight and maybe this guy, Jarek McKinnon. He outsnapped uh, Isaiah Pacheco. 57% uh, actually are, I think I screwed this up. Yeah. 57% to Pacheco's 43% McKinnon six for 22, nothing special on the ground, but boy, did he go nuts in the air? Seven catches, 112 yards, two touchdowns. And McKinnon has got Houston coming up. So the real question is obviously I'm being facetious about like how hard you would go on McKinnon heavily, heavily involved. This is one of the worst teams in the NFL chiefs go bonkers. Definitely pissed off about the performance that just happened against Denver, even though they picked up the win. Jake, are you going to trust McKinnon going into this week after that huge receiving game? Are you going to put him in as like a flex? It's whatever you want. McKinnon, like 
McKinnon's been in the waiver column the entire year. He is JD McKissick, but that's that's the running back you have. Some weeks you might get three for twenty. Done. That's it. That's all you got. And some weeks you might get what we just had in Jarek McKinnon. Most often you're gonna get handful of receptions, handful of carries. And because he plays for the Chiefs, maybe a chance for a touchdown because the interesting thing is they still want to use him inside the five running, which is just the weird thing to see. It's just it's so, so funny to keep watching that. But yeah, he's been an RB3 all year. He's an RB3 now and he's an RB3 for perpetuity and, and all of the time that we ever wanted to be. Potential top 10 upside, potential RB50 for any given week. Brandon, could you see McKinnon and Pacheco doing like Walmart version of Elliott and Pollard where they're both just valuable? I mean, I expect the Chiefs to be up to a point where Pacheco is going to get plenty of his carries. McKinnon yeah, just, just like Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 Walmart. yeah. Like, like I know. We gotta, version. I always I always got to tell Come myself, on, TJ be, Max? Careful, be careful of the we obviously know what's going to happen narrative in the NFL because they'll screw you every time. I wonder if the McKinnon stuff was planned because like it's Denver's defense and they have been a little bit susceptible to running backs in the passing game. Um, they've been kind of bad against the run of late too, but like Isaiah Pacheco carried the ball 13 times. What did McKinnon have like six carries or something like that? Like yes, in a game against Houston, if you do think they're going to be up, Houston has the least amount of pass attempts on them for that very reason. Like Pacheco's still the guy that's going to be sitting there, you know, killing clock, running the ball between the tackles. So, I, I mean, I think it's going to be an actually a good setup for a Pacheco game. All right, a couple wide receiver ones. Mike Williams was back and looked like Mike Williams made a couple insane yeah. catches, six targets, six catches, 116 yards with a touchdown. I'm pairing these two together to ask this type of a question, and you can this can maybe build the excitement or non-excitement, whatever, of Mike Williams in that offense. Mike Evans has not been great. We talked about Tom Brady, has not been great recently. I calculated over the last five games, Mike Evans is averaging 45 and a half yards receiving and four catches. That is over the last five games. They've got the Bengals coming up this week again. So in week 15, Mike Evans or Mike Williams, who is always a flight risk, Brandon, which one would you take? Uh, it's, just, it's a thousand times Mike Williams. First of all, the matchup is mm -hmm. way better. Second of all, you watch Mike Evans, not all Mike Evans. I keep seeing this, like Mike Evans is washed. Um, God, look at the, did you see the play that Mike Evans beat his defender off oh. the line and Tom Brady throws it back? I was going to bring that up. It was bad. I mean, it was horrible coverage, but he oh, wait, just oh, absolutely wait, you're talking about the, you're talking about the Brady one throw in the, one? In, in the end zone where Brady needed to throw the ball over the defender. Instead, he. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the one where he left his defender on the field and scored the yeah. touchdown, but it got called back for holding both. Right. Of them. So the I mean, those are two huge plays. Well, so I just don't think Evans is washed, but I think Brady sort of is getting there. Like, and he's got a certain range in which he's still I good. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> so this isn't all on Evans to me, but Justin Herbert. He's been iffy up and down all year long. He looked great. What was the what was the common denominator? Keenan Allen's fully healthy. Mike Williams is fully healthy. Austin Eckler's fully healthy. He's back because those guys are all back. And this Chargers offense should be great going forward. Yeah, I mean, Jake, can you just put any of the like inconsistency? Like Mike Williams, even when going, like, can just have those disappearances. Are you comfortable just like putting that aside and putting that away with how they looked in this last game for the playoffs and just be like, Hey, we got vintage Mike Williams, who is like, you know, apparently like a top 20 wide receiver when he's good. It's a hundred percent. It comes down to Saquon Barkley from earlier. Look, I will probably have Mike Williams. I could see him being a top 12 wide receiver one this week because of the matchup with the Titans. 
what you understand with players like Mike Williams and Saquon Barkley is the context. And this is why we talk about it all the time is why rankings at phase value by their own are, aren't great for all their information. There's a lot of context with a lot of players. Mike Williams at 10 is the right play. If you want, if you want to avoid the risk and you're like, look, I just don't want to potentially have him go sideways in the first quarter and be gone for the game. Similar to Saquon Barkley. Then you say, all right, then maybe you play somebody with a Christian Kirk who, you know, seven spots ish just off the top of my head just throwing something because he's facing dallas something like that you know mike williams is at 10 christian kirk is at 17 that doesn't mean you have to 100 play mike williams it kind of comes down to what you think you need but yeah mike williams if he plays the entire game and if i mean honestly this thing doesn't go sideways like some games have gone should be a top 10 wide receiver this week. Because we go back to the previous conversation. What if Houston controls the game the entire time like they did against Dallas for the Pacheco argument? I'm not saying I'm not saying that Funston's wrong to say Pacheco. I completely agree with the statement. It's just what if it was what if they're up 23 to 10 and all of a sudden Kansas City's passing to get back into the game? It just happened with the Cowboys. Yeah, luckily with the Chargers, their defense is bad enough that they don't ever have to have big leads, so they can always just kind of be, you know, in games and the guys can keep going, which is a positive. Uh, Waivers this week is going to be really odd. This guy, and which is cool, by the way, because both of your lists are very different, and they're usually not as different as it is this week. There's not a ton to pull, but this guy only has like a slight mention in one of yours, and I'm just curious, the Houston Texans who we're talking about had both Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks out. And obviously they were way more competitive than anybody thought against the Cowboys. The biggest pullout of all of this was Chris Moore. Chris Moore, out of absolutely nowhere, gets a 46% target share. Out of nowhere because they didn't have anybody else, but gets 10 catches for 124 yards. Houston has got Kansas City coming up. They will be behind. Even if they're in it, you'll get you have the recipe for what just happened with the Dallas Cowboys and their defense. Is Chris Moore, without Nico Collins and Brandon Cook, someone you should give real consideration to if you've got some wide receiver problems, Brandon? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, what I, is Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins both going to be out? If they're both out again, yes. It's a good setup. Clearly, Davis Mills, you know, had something going with him. So why, who else is it going to be, right? They're going to have to throw the ball. We, we think, you know, unless it's going to be another replay of the Dallas game, but you know, even in but that he game, had 10 yeah. catches, he had, 10, he had catches 10 catches in that game. Yeah, right. Exactly. And you know, Kansas city has been generous, you know, to the, to the wide receiver position. So yes, and I don't know how crazy I'd get with Chris Moore, but he is certainly, he's certainly in the conversation for being playable in week 15. Jake, you've got a wide receiver three situation of George Pickens or Chris Moore without those guys. What do you do for the playoffs? Look, it's the playoffs, uh, Houston, and the matchup that, you know, they're going to have to hopefully pass. The rotation of quarterbacks is weird. But, I mean, I think that's, put it this way, I I don't want to say definitively as of today, part of me leans to Chris Moore just because the volume and Kenny Pickett, is he playing? Potentially not. Carolina's past defense has been pretty good. And if it's Trubisky, I think if it's Trubisky, I just go Chris Moore. Uh, you're talking about my waivers. I have ENC for Elijah and Chris Moore, which we'll talk about. In a I really wanted to find a way to get like EPMD in there and be like ENPC, but like it's just, I was trying to figure for anybody that knows EPMD, that's a super callback to a hip hop group from the 90s. But anyway, uh, I'm trying to figure a way to incorporate that week just for the fun of that. But I, Elijah we'll Moore that. and Chris Moore, I think, are both in play for week 15. 
yeah. since week eight, by the way, weirdly enough, probably very heavily weighted to this week. But um, Chris Moore is the thirty-second wide receiver in ooh, is this full or half PPR? This is full PPR. He is the thirty-second scoring wide receiver uh, over that time. Does have six games, so his per is going to be a little bit lower, but uh, that is better than George Pickens. That does lead us to the waivers, and maybe Chris Moore is on it. Maybe he's not. Uh, Jake, what do you think? What do you got on waivers this week? Yeah, I just mentioned two. So at the bottom of my list are Elijah and Chris Moore. Get the Moores. Get all the moops. Get them on your team. It's because with no Corey Davis, potentially, again, we've seen what Elijah Moore can do with it. Although, interestingly enough, Denzel Mims in that game ran as the two, and Elijah Moore stayed who he is. But I think that even if that's what it was, more three wide. Although, watch the weather, because if this is 30 degrees and snow, Forget about it, but you still have to take the flyer and Elijah Moore even going forward if Davis is out potentially for the rest of the season. So then I'll go up. Normally go top down, so I'll go up. Jameson Williams. I actually played him in the Flex Leagues, Funston. I played him over I Demarcus Robinson to take the shot on that, and it paid off. That's I mean, I, I was a Hail Mary. It was what it was. There's only one, like, two catches. <laughs> and you got a Hail Mary. That was his only catch. That was his only catch. He had one catch. His only catch, yards. yeah. His yeah. career, Absolutely as many catches as Penny Sewell. Sewell. For, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that Jamison Williams, as he gets incorporated more, uh, depending on what, again, another one that I don't love for this week though, because it's Jared Goff for outside. Uh, so when I'll go to the top, I saw some of the names on Funston's and I'm like, man, if I need running back help, Tyler Algier is still under 40%. That is a complete timeshare. I know Desmond Ritter is going to be at quarterback, but can it really be a downgrade for this offense? Question mark. Uh, coming out of the bye, there's a lot of messy running back situations. At least we know Cordero Patterson and Algier are the split. And the Saints defense is not, if there's anything still worrisome about the Saints defense, it's slightly in the passing game if they get Lattimore back too. But it's definitely not the run game. They've been weak against the run basically this entire year. Brandon, what do we got? Uh, what di- it differs. That's what I like about this. This is a very you guys have very different lists. Uh, one of these names I've actually uh, honed in on for my playoff run as well. So who do we got here? Uh, I'm going to go with. Well, you said Algier. I'll take another you know split backfield from the NFC South and, and say Chuba Hubbard, who I I brought up last week as like the flyer player running back, and, and it it worked out. He got another 14 carries, 74 yards, caught three passes for 25 yards. You just look at yeah, Deontay Foreman's still the lead back there. But in games where Carolina is competitive and winning, like right now, they're going full conservative. Sam Darnold, they don't want to throw a ton. They didn't have to have him throw against Seattle. Um, you know, and this is a game against Pittsburgh where I just don't. Well, that, let Pittsburgh me ask you this question. I do not see running away with things. So I think this is going to fit Carolina style very well. Yeah, go ahead. So in the, the other games where they were competitive, so when they beat Tampa Bay, 15 for 118 when they barely lost to Atlanta, 26 for 118 when they beat Atlanta the second time, 31 for 130. And when they beat Denver, 24 to 113, to your point, Baltimore loss didn't get a lot of touches. Cincinnati loss blowout didn't get a lot of touches. Are you concerned? He did end up with 21, but a lot of them performing didn't come until late. Do you think he's a hundred percent? That's my question. Do you like, is like, did I think, think they were back a hundred percent? Yeah, because I was all over Foreman as a top 20 running back, and fortunately he ended up getting to 74 yards. But th- you know that. you It's your team. You saw the Seahawks. That wasn't there until the fourth quarter. That was looking doo-doo until that point. The Hubbard stuff? The Foreman stuff. It was all Hubbard. Hubbard was having all the production until the fourth quarter. Yeah. What I think is, is they've won two in a row with these guys splitting the backfield. I think they're going to ride with what 
you know, sometimes it's just like results kind of predict the future of what you're going to do because it's like positive reinforcement, you know? So I, I feel like, I feel like there's just a straight up split. I think it's just, that's what my feeling on is it, you know, and that Hubbard will get a little bit more run in the passing game as well. And maybe Foreman has a few more carries like he's had, but I think Hubbard's looking at 12 plus carries this week. Maybe a good strategy for this team, by the way, they had 46 carries uh, this. Maybe that would be a good strategy to move forward with. I don't think it's that dissimilar to the the Atlanta situation, you know, where, yeah. uh, Yeah. So anyways, uh, either way, I mean, I think I, I had Algier on my short list as well. I, I'll throw out Chigakonkwo. I think at this point we have to call him a tight end one play at this point. I mean, I watched a decent amount of that Tennessee game. He's He was showing up, and this was a little bit more of, like in previous weeks, it's been a big play here, a big play there. This was more like kind of like steadily involved. <laughs> so, everywhere. Yeah, and Austin Hooper's still playing, <laughs> but they're not looking to throw to Austin Hooper. So um, Akonkwo is someone I would look at as a tight end play. And then Elijah Moore, as Jake mentioned, and of course I had to cut him in a bunch of leagues this week to make room for the bipocalypse. And then he goes out and gets 10 targets, six catches, and and has a, has a nice matchup this week. So I'll probably have to go out there and try to get Elijah in a couple of those leagues where I cut him. And in Paris so Campbell... I'm going to ask a question. Because yeah. I know you always ask the question, Welsh, but this isn't in the rundown, and I'm going to throw this out because I'm taking this one personally. I had a four-way parlay that I thought was a lock across the board. I was like, just give me the money now. I am done. Deonta Foreman, over 63 and a half yards. Done. Locked. Boom. No problem getting that. Damian Pierce, under 83 and a half. Done. Faced the Cowboys. Unfortunately, the injury. That was close. That one got close in the injury. Like, But Chigazim Okaku, over 23 yards. Or 29 yards. Done. Easy. No problem. Mark Andrews, four and a half receptions. I saw it. Destroyed that. Huntley yeah. basically gave him like an average of 10 targets, nine receptions in his starts last year. It has been gross ever since I traded for him in Flex Leagues, everybody. I'm very sorry about that. I want to throw... I'm just, would, Fuston, would you go with Konku <laughs> or Mark Andrews? In week fifteen, like, are we like oh, how far, how much of the panic God. level are we on, Mark Andrews? I, th- I think it's big. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this on ITL with Bogman. This exact one, I'm out. And then my, by the way, I would have had TJ Hawkinson in that bet, and you would have won with my over reception prop. But uh, yeah, I'm very. I know what my answer is, Brandon. What would you do? Well, I'm just looking at this. It's Chargers, Tennessee. Is there going to be a? Is it going to be ten points higher on the over under of that game than the game against <sighs> Cleveland and Baltimore? Easy. It could be like thirty nine and a half to to 49 and a half, you know, something, something in that range. So uh, yeah, it call me crazy, <laughs> but I kind of feel, I'm feeling what you're feeling there on that. And maybe we go a Conquo. I'm so. going a Conquo as well. I, I, I think he curious. is curious. Let's see what they're very, you think he's a borderline tight end one at best this week. You can go with your guys. I'm always comfortable going your guys, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked or, or surprised or kill anyone. If coming off of that huge game, we didn't talk about Evan Ingram, uh, off of that game, McConkwu. I mean, I think these are guys that are showing the ability to get more shares. They're just not passing the ball successfully. Current, current over under is forty six and a half. Andrews, that is for the Chargers. For, oh, for the, the Chargers the game. Chargers Titans. Uh, the Eagles the, Bears are forty eight and a half. Chiefs Texans forty eight and a half. Those are the two highest ones. I, then, I would think that wow. Baltimore and Cleveland under forty. Dallas, Jacksonville, 47 and a half. Some faith in that Jacksonville offense to be able to do it against Dallas. Interesting. Well, Lawrence keeps doing it. What's the, what's the Baltimore Cleveland game? Mm, four. Uh, let me check. 
<laughs> six <laughs> points. 30, 37 and a half. So there you go. It was is it really 37? Yeah, I mean, Brandon Cole. Yeah. It's 37 and a half, yeah. and it's it's Cleveland by three right now. I want to say initial thoughts, too, on these over-unders. Me and Brandon went immediately on that Bills under last week, and that smacked. So I just want yeah. to point out those initial early lines have really paid off. It's not the gambling show or anything like that, but there's some really good early lines you can pull in on. Well, you're gonna and, you're gonna smack the over or the under in the 42 and a half for the Bills Dolphins. I'm I'm a sucker. I would go with the over. I think I am too. Um, I just think the Bills are ready for an explosion. I didn't like the way the Dolphins looked. I think they're gonna. I would I would actually bet that as the Bills cover whatever spread it is. Yeah, I like it. All right, uh, good stuff. Uh, oh you wait, guys really your... quickly. Oh, oh, oh. Paris, Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce. Oh. Yeah. Oh, coming yeah. back off a of bye <laughs> at Minnesota. I love those guys as as plug and play. If you're really in a bind at wide receiver this week, so I just want also to throw like that in there. Yeah, also like the Paris Campbell one very much. If you guys are uh, want to get prepped for what waivers you want to do for the first week of the playoffs, make sure you're locked in. All in kid on Twitter. The article will be coming out on the Athletic. And uh, you get all the good stuff. You can see what else is in there because there's always lots of good nuggets. You can get in the comment section and get that craziness. It is its own entertainment. It's like uh, going down the YouTube comment thread. That's similar to what uh, the ranks article is for Jake. So make sure you check that out. We will be back later this week as we break down everything for week 15 with our ranks. For Brandon and Jake, I'm Welsh. And we'll talk to you guys next time right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. 